We're finally a couple weeks into the new year, beginning our ordinary season or ordinary time season in the church. And we have this great psalm response, this refrain that we had today between the first and second reading from Isaiah and St. Paul to the Corinthians. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I think that's something that's really pertinent for us to reflect on and contemplate when we look at a new year, when we look at new opportunities in our life. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. How many times in Scriptures do we see the will of God being spoken about? Do we see that will being identified for us? In fact, Christ, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, even goes to his Father and says, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, thy will be done. In humility, we defer from our own wants to the will of God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. How often, though, do we actually think about that on a daily basis? Do we think about the will of God, or do we just say, God, why aren't you giving me what I want? I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, Father, I have prayed and prayed and prayed, and God hasn't answered my prayer. I said, well, let me challenge that. Has he not answered your prayer, or is he not giving you what you want? Because those are two different things. Well, he hasn't given me what I wanted. Well, there's your answer, whether you like it or not. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is no. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is not right now. Sometimes the answer, answer to our prayer is not in that way. And we see in the gospel today, St. John following the will of God. The will that he was told that when this dove, when the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon someone that you have baptized, that person is my son. And another of the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we even hear the voice of God saying, Behold my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In this gospel version, though, We see the dove descending by the profession of faith from John and saying, truly this is the Son of God. Those words, again, should kind of rattle in our brains. Truly this is the Son of God. Where else do we hear that? If not from the Roman centurions after the crucifixion of Christ. Truly this is the Son of God. In the fullness of time, God has everything planned out to perfection. And each and every one of us has a role to play. Not that we are his puppets, not that we have no free choice, because we do, and we aren't puppets. But the Lord calls us each based on the way that he has created us, with our unique gift, with our unique composite of gifts and talents and skills, God has called us each to play a role as he called every part of our body to function properly. Some of them get it right. Other ones don't. Just like sometimes our bodies don't work properly. They fight against each other. We get sick. 
And so we then try and fight off disease, and that's how we as members of the body of Christ are called to fight off sin in our world. But many times, instead of fighting off that sin, we embrace it, and we forget it, and we become entrapped and imprisoned by it. Do we no longer focus on the will of God or the will of the one who sent us, but on what we want? We live in a world where it doesn't matter what anybody else tells you, you are right and they are wrong. We even live in a world today in the 21st century where we don't believe in objective truth and reality. Well, just because it's right for you doesn't mean it's right for me. What? Does not compute. You get an error message on your computer if you try to put that into a logical machine. It's like, uh, what? It's either right or it's wrong. But I don't like what you said. Well, just because you, you don't like what I said doesn't make it wrong. It just means that you conflict with it. And many times in life, that's where we struggle with God. Because he doesn't give us what we want, when we want, how we want it, where we want it. But he gives us what we need, where we need it, when we need it, and how we need it. So I'm sure I've said before, many times when we look at God... We don't look at him as this omnipotent being that is so much more than we can ever grasp. We instead look at God as we did as kids. We looked at genies. We take out our magical lamp or our rosaries and we rub the rosary beads perfectly and genie Christ, genie Christ, give me what I ask for. Or we get a little older and we become like the kids that want to Look at God and say, well, I'm not a horrible person. I don't deserve coal in my stocking. But Santa Christ, Santa Christ, give me what it is I deserve. Never pray that. <laughs> Never pray for God to give you what you deserve because you don't want what you deserve. I don't. In fact, that's why he sent his son to suffer and die for us because he does not will that you get what you deserve. He took upon him all of your sins. Put him on that cross. And bore the weight of that cross on the way to Golgotha and bled and paid the price for your sins and for my sins so that we don't get what we justly deserve. Oh, but Father, that's just too easy to say. That's too hard to think about. Life's not fair. This is where I turn into my dad. It's like, yeah, you're right, it's not. Get over it. Life isn't fair. The Lord isn't fair. In our favor, of course. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. That is something that we're supposed to have at the core of our hearts every moment, every day, every action, every thought, every deed, every desire. What is the will of God in my life? Christ even tells us that 
to follow the Lord is simple. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And we look and say, have you seen how hard it is to be a Christian in the world today? It's easy to love your family most times. It's easy to love your friends most times. But you want me to love my enemies as well? God, what are you thinking? Literally, those are the words that come out of our mouth. God, what are you thinking? How could you ever call me to love my enemy? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He says to us, and yet again he says from the cross, here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. How much different would our world be today if we truly asked the Lord not for help, not for advice, but to show us his will. Now, I know many people say, now, Father, I have gone down that path, and I've asked the Lord to show me his will. And I have prayed about that, and I have prayed about that, and I have prayed about that, but I haven't gotten a specific answer. Well, look to his other references in Scripture when he talks about the will of God. The will of God is to be loved. So when we're looking at specific examples in our lives, ask yourself those questions that we've talked about before. Does this help me embrace God's love? Does this help me to grow in love? Does this help me to share God's love? If at any point the answer is no, you got your answer. Don't do it. Oh, but Father, I mean, this is a great, great opportunity It may be the best opportunity in humanity. But what have you truly gained if you've gained the whole world and lost your soul? Well, I don't want to think about that, Father. Well, just because you don't want to think about it doesn't mean it's not something we should think about. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing these ascetical practices these first 90 days of the year is to focus on the things that really matter. Yes, I want to be out doing the things I normally do. But sometimes depriving of ourselves of those extra things that we don't realize are extra and getting back to the core of who we are and whose we are helps us to remember that in the grand scheme of things, I may be insignificant, but I'm loved by God. The love that God has for me is not insignificant. The love God has for you is not insignificant. You want proof? Look no further than that cross. God so loved the world that not only did he give us his son, he became human and incarnate in the first place. To live life, to see, God, you don't understand what we're going through. No, he does understand what we're going through. Because he was probably hungry at some point. He didn't just magically, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, genie Christ, genie Christ, make me full. That's not how it worked. He was human. He had his human will and his divine will in one. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He had to sleep. He was so anxious in the Garden of Gethsemane that he sweat blood. 
I'm an anxious person. If you've never known, I'm really anxious. I've never been so anxious that I have sweat blood. I've been so anxious that I feel like I'm having a heart attack. (laughs) But I've never been so anxious and so racked with anxiety that I have actually sweat blood. So when we look at God and say, oh God, you don't understand, it's like looking to your parent and saying, mom, dad, you don't understand. The Lord has the same response to us as our mothers and fathers and our grandparents in the South should all have for each of us, and you know what's coming. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) Because they do understand. He does understand. He does not will that any one of us ever be in pain. But he also knows that sometimes when we're at the darkest moments in our lives, that's when we turn to him. I talked about that this last Wednesday when we talked about hope, the second virtue we're talking about this year that there's no atheists in a foxhole. And it's so easy for us to say that until we get into that foxhole. If you don't know what a foxhole is, Google it. I realize I'm using older terms. But when you're at your lowest and you have nowhere else to go, sometimes that's where we allow the Lord to find us. So why do we have those low moments? Because God is screaming at us every moment of every day and we aren't paying attention. We aren't listening. We aren't seeing where he's like, hey, look, over here, pay attention, pay attention. In fact, did you know that's why we ring the bells during Mass? The times that we ring the bells during Mass come from the pre-Vatican to celebration of the liturgy. They rang the bells during the consecration so that when people weren't actively, consciously participating in the liturgy, the words from the Second Vatican Council, you could ring bells, pay attention, something different is happening right now. The institution of the Eucharist, the epiclesis, the transubstantiation, the change of bread and wine into the body, blood, and soul divinity is happening. And then the elevation where we are called to be in adoration for Christ present in the Eucharist, in the host, and then present in the chalice, in the precious blood. That we ring the bells to get us to remember, to recall why we are actually here. Not to just check off a box, but to allow ourselves to be present to the Lord, and even more importantly, the Lord to be present to us. That we don't come here to receive, but to give, to give thanks to God for all of the ways that he has blessed us in our lives. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. May those be the words that become our mode of operation in life. Not what do you want, What does the Lord will for you in your life? Because I see a lot of us many times in our regular days 
just getting so distracted by things that ultimately don't matter. Which means Satan is doing something good, which is not good. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Not good when Satan's winning. When we are distracted, it means we are not focused. When we are not focused, we are not intentional. When we are not intentional, we can't truly grow. So the Lord continues to offer us opportunities in our lives at the beginning of years, at celebrations, birthdays. How many times did you say when you were growing up, you know what, by the age of 30, I want to make sure to do X, Y, and Z. For my siblings, they want to visit all 50 states and say, have at it. I got to 38. Not going to reach all 50 by the time I turn 40, and I'm okay with that. But we set these goals that when we die... Does it matter if I made it to all 50 states? Does it matter if I went to the Vatican? Does it matter if I went to Mexico and learned Spanish? Does it matter? No, unless it helped me to grow in my faith. What helps me to grow in my faith is to be humble in the sight of the Lord. So as we heard from that refrain today, I'll say it one more time. May our prayer this day and every day be to truly not just say, but to live those words from the psalm. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will.